Thank you for tuning in to the First Gen Hunter Podcast, the go-to resource for those seeking to establish a foundation in hunting knowledge, skills, and tactics. Hey, First Geners, glad to bring you back to an episode of Hunt Therapy. We haven't recorded one in so long, and we had so much to talk about. We even got the elusive younger brother of mine, your favorite Jacob, uh, back on the show to talk about his recent appearance on the cover of a uh, regional hunting magazine. And uh, we get Brandon on, we get Caleb on, we didn't quite get the whole crew because we couldn't get alex on he was too busy uh with working with uh clients uh hopefully you guys have been keeping him busy by heading over to east to west hunts.com but uh we're back here with most of the crew we had a great time doing a bit of a recap on our hunting seasons our uh, specifically our deer seasons brandon's got all kinds of news about what's been going on in his hunt club and uh caleb talks about his two great bucks that he got this year and i think i talk a little bit about my buck but you guys have already heard that story so it's mostly hearing from the other three guys and uh, i think you're just going to have a great time listening to it and i hope you feel like you're sitting around a camp fire with us or sitting around the the table making fun of each other at deer camp or whatever but we have a great time recording it we hope you have a great time listening to it don't forget about spartan forge the presenting sponsor for the podcast be sure you pick up a subscription for yourself with them and uh, get started planning your hunt in a better way with all the mapping features the deer behavior features and uh, everything else that that great app has to offer all right let's jump into it here episode number 106 on the first gen hunter podcast thank you very much for tuning in man it feels so good to be running another episode that's going to say hunt therapy at the beginning uh we haven't had one of these in such a long time in fact the last one was back in november when the guy who is currently mia uh, (laughs) our good buddy alex was actually at my house on his way back from a successful hunt in kansas the great buck state of kansas and uh he stopped by on his way out and on his way back and uh, we just had a great time rehashing his deer season his 2022 deer season and uh mine as well both Mm -hmm. of us killed some uh nice bucks we were very blessed with that and uh so here we are now to get the rest of the story from the hunt therapy crew Uh, it's been a busy year uh if we all lived in a village in like eh, we'll say the 1600s um (laughs) We'd be eaten, guys. We would have survived the winter, I think. I think between all of us, we would have had enough deer. Now, if you like add in all of our family members and stuff, things might have been tight. But uh, <laughs> we 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 did uh, we did uh, have a pretty successful deer season between all of us, and uh, one such season, which uh, was successful for other reasons, I guess you could say. Jake did his first Western hunt this fall and um, found his his way to the front to the cover of a uh, bow hunting magazine 
<laughs> it's pretty cool, Jake. Yeah. Yeah, it's more of a newsletter, I'd say, probably, but uh, it counts nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. You're, I mean, you're, it, it, well, in a way, you know, when I p- made that post about that, I kind of had these uh, visions of Mike Wazowski from Monsters, Inc. Do you remember when they, when they roll out like the, they, they like did a, they had a magazine on the show that was a feature of, of uh, Monsters Incorporated or whatever. And uh, Mike and the big blue guy, uh, um, uh, James, James P. Sullivan, uh, they were on the, they were on the cover and like the little uh, barcode portion <laughs> was like right over his face. So I kind of felt like, well, this is, Technically, Jake's back on the cover of this magazine here, <laughs> but you were the only person on the in the picture, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a big honor. Um, yeah, I feel bad. Fike wasn't the one featured because he's the one who puts all the time and effort into it. But uh, well, now he he, he, he can start his, pictures though. Yeah, that's right. He can start his own uh, like photography business now you just helped him launch his career so don't feel too bad (laughs) but but pretty tell us what i mean like what were you looking at there what looked like a big valley it's in north dakota right yep yeah so we went to north dakota um uh, is about the first week of september i believe we went up there um on the western side and um yeah we were overlooking the badlands of north dakota which are really cool um I don't know if you guys have ever been there or not, but uh, it's similar to the Badlands of South Dakota, except it's a lot more green. Um, not much more water, but it's kind of more sagebrushy, I guess you'd say. Um, but yeah, I think we had 125,000 acres in our area that we could hunt. Um, so we had the whole whole place to roam around, and it. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think we're going to do a episode later so we can get more into detail on that. But, um, yeah, the first night, I think it was, Fike got a shot, and uh, he hit a nice mule deer. And um, we we had to wait to find it till the morning. Mm. And uh, we found it the next morning. But, uh, so, yeah, we were successful that first day and then um it was my turn the rest of the week and yeah you don't uh, you don't have to spill too many details here because i think uh, we're gonna have you and fike do a recap of the hunt at some point Uh, we definitely need to get fike back on here but yeah just fantastic that you guys were able to get out there and, and find some success what i mean from a western hunting experience you had to buy a fair bit of gear you had some gear already like what, mm-hmm. I mean, was that side of it? Do you feel like you prepared well in that way? Or do you feel like, man, I got a lot more stuff to buy? Yeah, no, I felt really well prepared. Um, we hiked out of a campground every day, so we didn't have to backpack everything in. We sure. brought stuff to backpack everything in if we had to, if the campgrounds are full. But we had plenty of space to ourselves. So um, it just worked best to to hunt out of the campground there um and so we brought all the luxuries of home (laughs) as well as all of the backpacking stuff so we could do either way so um yeah i didn't have to buy too much extra camping stuff i have most of that already um and then 
yeah, probably $500 worth of other camo and other sorts of gear. Sure. Um, but nice thing about hunting mule deer is you can hunt with the same setup as you're hunting whitetails with, so you don't have to change your arrows or anything, yeah. which is really nice. Um, but, yeah, I'd highly recommend going out there. Yeah. Well, I would love to go up there sometime. Uh, North Dakota is probably actually, I think most people probably wouldn't guess this off the top, you know, just like off the top of their head. But if you really sit and think about it, North Dakota is probably one of the more diverse states to hunt. Um, of course, legendary uh, waterfowl and upland hunting. You know, just uh, that, especially waterfowl hunting, North Dakota is probably, I, I would guess, number one. I don't know. I'm not a waterfowler myself. Maybe uh, Caleb or Brandon, you could back me up on that. But I hear guys going there all the time for waterfowl. Um, and then uh, they have moose. You can't hunt moose, though, as a non-resident, but do they give out some moose tags to residents? Do you know, Jake? Yeah, I think you can't get it as a non-resident, but I think it's kind of a one in a million shot if you're a resident. Sure. But every year they're, they're shot by residents, though. If I'm part of a Facebook page, I think it's called North Dakota Bucks and Bulls or something like that. And there's several that are taken every year. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's uh, you know just a really cool opportunity that people that live there have. And then also they have some elk, mule deer, whitetails, and, uh, you know, so just kind of the, the full spread. I don't know if they have any black bear hunting up in uh, North Dakota, but I'm sure they have, they have to have some black bears. I'd think if they got habitat for moose, um, it just would, would, uh, seem like they would have that, but, yeah, so mm-hmm. North Dakota, cool place, good place for you to cut your teeth on. Also, it's not too far. I mean, it's the west, but it's kind of the Midwest, too, so it's not too far out of the way for uh, a lot of people to, to get to. So I think it's a great first place for you to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely good to get your feet wet on a more western hunt. Um, and, yeah, it's yeah, I definitely recommend going out there. It's really pretty. I didn't realize how pretty it'd be out there, but um, it was awesome. The, the only downside going in September was it was like a hundred degrees during the day. Oh, and if I get down to that's when you a, go that's down a game into changer valley, for me right there. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. But I'd get my, uh, I'd night, get my heat rash. I'd get my heat rash in that kind of heat, Jake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get the Vaseline out. <laughs> No, it uh, it wasn't horrible because it was a real dry heat. But if you could get in the shade and if like up on a hill where it's blowing real nice, then like in the middle of the day when you're taking your nap, you uh, it wouldn't be too bad. But man, yeah, we definitely went through a lot of waters. Yeah, I bet, I bet. And the only source of water there was uh, one of those old hand pumps that you pump out of the ground. (laughs) <laughs> you had to pump that thing like 500 times to get water to come out. Coming from way deep in the earth. <laughs> yeah, they had some weird lock on it where you, one person had to hold the lock up and the other person had to pump, so you couldn't like really switch. So you're, wor- <laughs> you're constantly to- worried about someone smashing your fingers with the pump, probably? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was the stupidest 
design. I don't know <laughs> what the purpose of it was, but oh um, man, my my yeah, boss my boss calls that like whenever you have you have like a piece of metal that's sliding inside of another piece of metal, you know. So basically, you have this this pinch this pinch point that that happens between those two pieces of metal. If you are if you were to get your skin like pinched in there, he calls that a cherry. I thought that was the perfect name for it. Just <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah, it would. Nice little blood blister there. Yeah, I'd be Oof. I'd be a little nervous about you running the pump while I was holding the lock. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's that's good. It sounds like a real adventure and and uh, something that's on my list that I want to get up there at some point and do some hunting, even if it's just pheasants. Um, I think it'd be a ton of fun to go up there. So, plus they got sheds up there. Right, yeah, Caleb? that's true. Moose paddle. That's right. Find a moose Find paddle. A moose paddle. Fike found a uh, elk antler a few years ago up there. That's so cool. yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Well, yeah, we only found a few uh, branchlers this time though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, There's those a couple that we thought we were real, that we thought for sure we had found, but then get up next to them. Mm-hmm. Good old branchler. Yep. yep. I found a found a couple nice branchlers with Caleb this last weekend or this last <laughs> last week. Uh one with a pretty good brow tine on it. But uh <laughs> yeah, the good old branchler. They get your heart going a little bit and then it's just a big old letdown. <laughs> Speaking of letdowns, I don't want to put put too much pressure on you here, Jake, but uh your your November hunting had some ups and downs too, right? Yeah, so um, yeah, I hunt. I think that was the only time I did hunt was in November. I don't think I hunted in October this year. And no, you, you did. And I, you, we went on opening day. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you, and and you actually. Well, I'll let you tell a story. Uh, start us with opening. Yeah, start us on opening day. How'd that go down? Yeah, that was a fun one. We were able to canoe in a little ways, and then uh, about. Oh, I don't know. 20 minutes in, we saw a couple bucks come out and uh, they were well, right, just right away we like walked into a nice buck. Yeah, that's right. We jumped one up. So and you, then you could just tell it was going to be one of those nights. Mm-hmm. And then we were sitting there and you saw a doe right away too. I didn't see her. I think yep. she was behind me. Um, we were ground hunting and then we, uh, saw a couple bucks come out i don't know probably 70 yards away or so yeah yeah and they're just kind of hanging out there for a long time and we were watching them and since there's public ground we weren't too worried about blowing them out or anything and so i tried to see if i could get some practice in for my or not some practice but just some more experience of doing the old stock thing um well, and, and, I got, and, and there was just, I mean, there was no way they were going to come our direction. They yeah. were already starting to drift the opposite direction of us. And like you said, it's public land. So it's know. just kind of a fun way to right. hunt. You don't have high expectations, but um, yeah, I was able to get within, I think, 40 yards of them, if I remember right. Um, but then I kind of got to the point where that last 40 yards was open field so mm-hmm. yeah i couldn't and i was shooting my recurve so that's a ways out of my comfort range so 
Um, I didn't get a shot off or anything, but it was fun to watch them. Yeah, one was a big six, wasn't it? I th- I think one was an eight pointer. The other one might have been yeah, a big six pointer. Yeah, I I am a sucker for a big six. If I ever get a chance to shoot a big six, I am shooting that thing. Uh, they're just so stinking cool. But yeah, that was that was a really fun hunt. And then we didn't hunt together until uh, after Veterans Day, which is yeah. the eleventh of of uh, November. Yeah, I think yeah we hunted that next weekend, which is like I don't remember. No, we hunt. I think we hunted. I think we hunted. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. It was like the 14th. Yeah. And so, yeah, we went down to the farm and uh, I think we went down together. We hunted at the same time. And I had, I got in a stand that I'd hung last year, picked the spot and hung it there. Um, Well, that's not how things started out, remember? We uh, we were getting blasted with the cold, and there was absolutely oh, nothing right, moving right. at prime time. <laughs> yeah, it was freezing cold, and the cows were out, of course. That's right, yep. And about 200 cows went walking by the stand, and at that point, it's kind of like, well, there goes that. And so and they were, we I mean, little, they were like in bow range of Jake, <laughs> these cows, yeah. they were, they were just piled up around his stand. Yeah. Like a single file line walking right by it. And then, so we went deeper into the woods to some other spots and, uh, yeah, I don't remember how many I saw that day, but I saw quite a few bucks. I think I saw like 10 bucks, didn't I? I think you, so we hunted for two days and I don't think Jake, after he moved to that more interior stand, which is interesting too, because we were hunting off of historical knowledge at first instead of good hunting sense. So years previously, this tree line just deer filed on it like crazy, but it was windy. It was really windy. There's a massive cold front that moved in. And uh, so, you know, we're hunting prime time during the rut what is the, you know, what's the saying that everybody says during the rut, get downwind of doe bedding. And we didn't do that. And we just weren't seeing anything really. But once Jake got downwind more, I don't think there was an hour that went by for those two days that you didn't see a buck. Wow. Yeah. Maybe like the middle of the day, but. And even then maybe an hour and a half in between seeing yeah. them. And that was probably mm-hmm. because you were asleep. But uh <laughs> No, there definitely was a time I fell asleep. I woke up and there's an eight pointer walking right directly to me, like <laughs> like twenty yards, if not closer. Oh. And then I had still had to get and it was like one o'clock. And so I thought napping at one o'clock would have been just fine. And so I had to get my bow off the side of the tree and without him, without him seeing me. And he never saw me. He might've, but he just started working his way farther away. And I just get it in time. Yeah. But I did have a few other opportunities. Um, I missed uh, those opportunities I missed the same exact spot all three times. Hey, you're using <laughs> traditional equipment, you know. That's just that's just how it goes. Yeah, yeah I think uh, I think what it came down to though is I think it was just buck fever, because 
I shot right over their back, the exact same spot in all three of them. And after the second one that I missed, I was like, okay, something's up. And so I was like, okay, fine, I'll just shoot my arrow. Because I had a few field points with me. I just shoot the back of my arrow to see if I'm crazy or not. And sure enough, I would hit the back of the arrow. So I think, or not hit it, but get real close to it. I think it was just buck fever, but hopefully. Yeah. Well, well, and it's, you know, part of it too is yes, buck fever, but when you're sitting there and it's cold and you're all, you're all huddled up and, and, uh, you you know your your muscles are tight, you know, and then all of a sudden you got to go from zero to a thousand. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. you're you're borderline nodding off, falling out of your tree stand to sleep. To holy smokes, there's a buck, a nice buck, you know, mm-hmm. ten yards away. It's just hard to keep it all together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, look, I hate the dog days of summer. I like cold weather, but, you know, I think that's something that you don't really hear people talk very much about, like an advantage to hunting in October over November is your muscles don't get cold and you don't, you know, you don't, it's easier to stay more vigilant, you know, more ready to go uh, in October when you're warm, you're not all hunkered down and, and everything else, you know, I think it's just, mm-hmm. t- I think it's just tougher to keep it all together. Once the, once the weather becomes such a huge factor, but no, it mm-hmm. was, it was still a great trip. Uh, Jake wasn't the only one to miss a shot. I missed a shot as well. Unfortunately, I shoulder punched a buck. And uh, so it was kind of a, you know, a lessons learned type of trip for us, but we learned mm-hmm. a lot. I'm hoping that buck survives. We'll be back. Of course, like we do every year to go look for sheds and, and uh, see what, you know, see how to diagnose the problem, but hopefully he's, mm-hmm. hopefully he's uh, still able to make it through the winter and everything. But um, no, it was, it was a good trip for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it's always fun seeing deer too so yeah definitely next year we got to stretch that out a few more days make that trip a little bit longer if we can but no it was yeah. it was a good time well hey brandon sure. you've been stacking up does like it's your job buddy what how's <laughs> you how's your season been going been great you know it's been it's been a lot of fun uh, had, you know, kind of going into the season, had a lot of goals and, you know, I, I have a lot of, you know, I have some personal goals, but mostly group goals, um, you know, for our kind of our group of guys that go out. And so, you know, some of our goals included this year, you know, we really wanted to be strategic about planning food plots. So we kind of wanted to take that to the next level. Um, and so we were able to accomplish that. You know, we've got about four acres of real solid food plots planted this year, which was the biggest endeavor we had taken on on the food plot side of things as of yet so we accomplished that um wanted to basically each year we're trying to shoot you know at least you take at least two uh quality mature bucks um we were able to do that this year wanted to see the group get at least 10 deer um overall this year good balance you know population um you know keep the ratios in check so we're able to do that we took 11 deer this year still one week left um, I, my goal was to get, you know, I, I kind of, you know, if I can't get a, a shooter buck myself, 
you know, then my goal is to get two, at least two does. I've shot two deer, at least two deer a year for the last 13 years. So my nice is to get two deer a year, um, to fill the freezer and kind of keep up on that side of things. We really wanted to get a late season, good, a good late season buck, which we were able to accomplish just about a week ago with one of the guys who's had a really tough last few years. And, uh, he has just persevered, fought through it, actually just had, a child, you know, just, you know, many months ago. And so he has, he wasn't able to get out that much this year. He was able to be the one to get, get that buck late season, which was incredible. Nice. Um, and then, you know, last but not least, my goal was to have my son out there and, and, you know, observe uh, hunting and really kind of just really help him dive into it. And so he was able to be there with me for each of the three deer that I shot. Um, so he was able to observe that, and, you know, he's six years old and just loving every second of it. And so that's it was awesome. It was awesome to see how much he's enjoyed it, how much he's loving it. Um, you know, I think it's it's special as a as a father. You know, to you you love your kids no matter what. And I mean, in, in in you know, like my daughter, for instance, she she doesn't want anything to do with hunting. You know, which it, which in in one respect makes me love and appreciate her even more in in the sense that she's very different from me. And uh, she's very much like her mom and she's, you know, she's creative and she loves to draw. And she, you know, I, the other night I was like, hey, you, we, the kids are watching a like Bluey or something on, on the TV. And I was oh, like, oh, yeah, I, I was like, hey, Kay, why don't you go get your pajamas on and get a good book to read? And she was like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. I mean, that's something <laughs> that. That's something that I never, ever got excited about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, she, she's just, she she is her own person, and I think that's great. As a parent, you you love to see your kids pursue the things you love, but you also love them being themselves. And yeah. so it's, you know, I enjoy that about my daughter, but also enjoy, you know, with, with my son, him really loving that. And, uh, you know, just the comments he makes, the questions he asks, how much he wants to do it. And it's almost to the point where, you know, I don't want to rush it too fast because, you know, I don't, you know, I, it's so funny. We, we've had a, we, you know, I've taken him on about eight sits this year and, you know, three out of the eight we, we've shot deer. And for him, he feels like, you know, when we just shot this one this past weekend, he was like, man, dad, it's been a long time since we shot a deer. And I'm thinking, well, it's only been about six weeks. Uh, <laughs> you know, hey, that to- is a long time in uh, Delaware when your season is <laughs> right. like, you know. Eleven you know, months trying, long. I mean, you're really just trying to to help him enjoy it, but also understand that you know he may not fully understand the scope now, but a lot of work does go into it. You know, all the all the scouting yeah. and and all the the effort that you put in early season, and you put in all that effort so you're able to have success. And so, trying to connect those dots as he gets older a little bit is kind of key. But right now, he's just enjoying life. My three year old you know, is always asking dad, when I get a little older, like Ethan, can I go out there? And so he wants to get out there with me. And so it's, it's, I mean, I feel really, it it feels really great to basically have accomplished all the goals that are really set out with at the start of the year. And so, you know, I really, this deer, this a few days ago, it was like, man, you know, needed just a little bit more meat for the freezer. And, uh, and then to have Ethan there with me for that last time was just awesome. So, Great finish of the year. I mean, we still have a week of right now. It's uh, one final week of muzzleloader or bow. And uh, we have a couple, man, a couple really good bucks still running around. 
um, that just have kind of popped back up recently. And so we're, we're, we're we'll see what happens. I think I'm going to take him out for one final hunt this weekend. So we'll see what happens. Sweet. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, what what I always love about you, Brandon, is other people are always included in your uh, your measurement for success. Mm. And uh, I think that that's that's uh, how it should be. Yeah. <clears throat> Reaching out and using uh, your talents and your passion to to improve uh, life for for others. I think that's that's just really really uh awesome and oh, some yeah. somebody in your uh camp uh it was joel right the guy that we've talked about a few times on here he shot a real nice buck oh man he i mean it talked about an incredible story i mean you know so he i mean joel is joel is just grown so much as a hunter and i mean you know even just his his store his season is a story in of itself but in just in a quick snapshot you know, he uh, he has gotten into it. He, I've mentored him these these last couple of years. Two years ago, it now been three seasons ago, he sat with me. We sat together probably, you know, five or six sits. Um, we shot two deer. You know, he observed me shooting two deer, which was awesome. That was his first year, first time getting into it, just kind of observing things. Um, the following year, he was able to get his first deer, actually get shot, shot two that year, and uh, just kind of went into a full steam. He's a really intelligent guy, kind of hands-on, picks up things quickly. Um, and then fast forward to this year, uh, had a unique situation where the the church that we go to has about 20 acres of woods behind it. And he you know, had been patterning some deer back there. And a buck that had not shown up since the previous year showed up. I mean, just a beautiful buck, you know, about mid-130s. Uh, mm. I mean, this is, you know, he's never shot a buck. And so right. here he's patterning this thing on just a small piece of ground back behind the church. And, uh, you know, he had his wife for last Christmas had gotten him a, a, a 450, you know. So, I mean, that's oh, the, nice. you know, that's the new gun that we can use around here. And, I mean, he was just, you know, just pumped about it. Uh, and so he's, you know, excited to get out there and use that thing. So he gets out there and, and you know, this deer comes in and uh, 15 yards. And so... The, this deer, he, he shoots at 15 yards. <clears throat> deer kicks like it got hit, runs about 10 yards, and just stands there. Huh. And he's thinking, "All right, what what is going on?" So what? I, I I'm a bit of a gunslinger. Anyone anyone that hunts with me or knows me, I'm I'm very, <laughs> I'm very much of if that if that animal is still moving, if it's if it is if it is not down, you need to put another round. You know, <laughs> hey, so, that it makes for a short track track it, it job. Does. It does. Well, you I mean he he re racked on this second shot and he shot again. Uh, deer at this point now the deer is was broadside. Now it is facing him, face on. It, it, we're talking twenty to twenty five yards. The deer is looking at him, <laughs> dead straight in his tree. And so he re-racks the third shot. In Delaware, you can only have three rounds in your gun at any time. So okay, anyone, sure. only have three rounds. So he's now down to his last round. So he takes a final shot. Deer runs off. So, you know, we get there, a group of us guys, you know, we're always celebrating things together. So, you know, a group of us guys get there. We're just pumped. We're, you know, we're excited to go track this deer. So, you know, we, we, we're looking for blood. We're fine. We finally find it, you know, whatever else. Uh, and we get on the trail, you know, we're able to find the deer within about a hundred yards, man, what, what, it, just an incredible, That's incredible fantastic, really a couple, couple of things is really funny. 
um, my pastor said, you know, he's one of the guys out there, one of the guys that I've been mentoring as well. He said, you know, I never realized that uh, on a successful track for a deer, uh, you might track the deer for 45 minutes, but you take pictures for about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's so true. You end up just like burning through the pictures. We did that this year, Caleb, a couple times. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was great. And, you know, we, you know, basically, long story short, he missed, he completely missed the first two shots. And that oh. last shot, that deer just hung wow. He had been, you know, kind of after some does and different things, hung around. And because he was so quick to re-rack and get another shot off, finally that last shot, even though it was, you know, the deer standing right at him, he was able to shoot. What, what ultimately we discovered what was happening was, uh, you know, for those of us who are proficient with shooting and kind of know the scope of things, Traditionally speaking, shooters who are are still working on their confidence with their guns are going to do one of two things if they're not shooting on. They're going to, assuming you know it's sighted incorrectly and all, they're going to either pull the trigger, which is going to result in a high shot, or they're going to mm-hmm. pull away mm-hmm. from the, the stock of the gun, which is going to result in a low shot. And so what he was doing, and the way that we confirmed this was uh, later in that season, during that shotgun season, we went to the range and, you know, just put some range, put, put some bullets down range. And one thing that's really helpful is having someone watch you when you shoot. So not well, watch a little shoot. tip. Yep. Watch, mm-hmm. watch the shooter because you can really see what they're doing. My goal has always been the advice that I always give is, you know, of course, find a stance that's comfortable for you. You know, there's this different stance for everyone. Find what's comfortable for you. But at the end of the day, what I like to advise is you want to, you want to be squeezing that trigger so calmly it almost surprises you when that gun goes off. You know, mm, you, right? Just a, a slight bullet. You want to squeeze it. And what he was doing is he was closing his eye and pulling away with the anticipation of the shot. And so what mm. he was doing was shooting low and to the left consistently, which makes sense on a broadside deer. He was shooting low and to the left, so he was shooting in front and low of that front shoulder. So those first two shots missed. On that last shot, the deer was standing facing him so he was able to shoot low and he was able to get just enough of the lungs to be able to make a kill shot okay so just wow. fascinating how it happened and you know just the kind of the figuring that out and you know he was i mean we took you know 30 shots down range and he you know he's feeling a lot more comfortable and he's you know now he's committed to you know continuing to practicing and and you know just fine-tuning things but I mean, just so cool to see someone like that have success. I mean, here, really his his third season hunting, and he now, you know, he had just a shooter, just an awesome shooter buck down. He's already got a wall picked, you know, a spot on the wall picked out. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, you know, it's just, it. to celebrate that together, I mean, you, you, there's, for all of us who have done that together, I mean, there's just oh, something yeah. special about, I mean, you, you the first thing you want to do is just give him a hug. You know, you get there, yep. you're like, you were just pumped, you were jacked, mm. like you could you know, take over the world. Cause you're like, yep. you're gonna, this year we're going to celebrate. I mean, so it was, it was really special to be able to do all that together. Yeah. That sounds like a great time. And, and uh, you know, the fact that you were able to be there throughout pretty much the whole process, you know, from yes. taking him out hunting his first few times to, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think I remember you saying at one point uh, you, you helped recommend what to his wife that, that gun right and we were, uh, we were in separate text message he never knew about <laughs> yeah right so so uh you know even through that process and then mm-hmm. uh of course being there for 
the follow-up with the tracking and I'm sure field dressing. Did you field dress it, Brandon? Because you always love doing doing that. I, you know what? I do. I absolutely love doing that, and I did. I did. You know, uh, it's so funny. You know, I, I to me, it's like a there's like some sort of mad scientist in me that enjoys. You know, man, how can I do this a little better, a little different? <laughs> right. It's uh, right. You know, it, it's fun. You know, and, and the guys. You know, one thing too that that I enjoy is people that want to learn. You know, whether it's my yep. six year old son or whether it's a. 30 year, year old friend who's like, man, I want to be able to do this myself. You know, I mean, and I, I told my son, I've said, you know, because we've had families, you know, mentioned to us, you know, and my kids are homeschooled and they, they go to some homeschool co-ops and different things. And they sure. mentioned, hey, you guys shoot any extra deer? We'd love to have them. And, you know, one of the moms made the comment to their child, I guess, just in, you know, in context of talking to my kids one time, you know, hey, we don't, we don't know how to do that. So, I mean, if someone's willing to get a deer for us, man, we would be really, you know, oh, awesome. have it. And I, I told my son, I said, you know, not everyone grows up learning this skill. Yeah, I mean, like true. anything else, mm-hmm. it's a skill and it's, it's, it's an incredibly important one in my opinion. And I mean, man, if we can, if we can teach the next generation or have an impact on others and teach them how to do it, there's so many other things and ramifications that go along with it. So, I mean, just trying to help him understand, man, you, you're blessed to be, I was blessed to be raised in a family, uh, you know, with a dad who who loved it. Other people, they're you know, first gen hunters, you know, that yep. maybe mm-hmm. have the history, but man, maybe someone came alongside them and said, "Hey, man, let me let me help you. Let me, you know, just like what ultimately what Kent, what you are, you were all about, helping other people with learning and getting into it. And I mean, that's why we're here, and that's why what we that's, this is why we do what we do. Yeah, exactly right. You know, it's a, the kind of success story that, you know, we end every po- podcast with take care and take someone hunting. Yeah. That's, that's the idea right there, you know, and <clears throat> I know Caleb, you can talk about it here in a few minutes. Um, you've done a lot of work with uh, a guy you just referred to as your mentee. And um, mm-hmm. uh, I got a coworker out for his first time ever. He's in the military, but he's never yeah. been hunting. You know, I got him out this year and, and so, you know, just, just through the, the three of us, you know, we've been able to, uh, in a way, give people a whole new perspective on life Mm -hmm. and imagine if that got carried out to every single listener of this podcast to where they're all bringing one person along and showing it to them. And, you know, we, about this time last year, we did a hunt therapy episode uh caleb we didn't even know each other yet so uh you weren't you weren't on (laughs) that episode but uh uh, brandon and uh alex joined me and uh, we talked about uh this idea of you know uh keeping hunting to oneself and uh that movement or that that idea has kind of turned into a small movement and uh i've looked at the arguments um uh, some more through that. And I can see where there's ways that we need to rethink how we're, um, doing things as a hunting community, uh, that this organization brings up. Uh, however, um, the concept of quit bringing so many people into hunting, it's making it too crowded. I I just don't, I don't think that that's the right perspective to have. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, I think uh, it's a selfish way of looking at things and we need 
less selfishness in the world right now. And, and I think people can live a fuller, more enriched life mm-hmm. when the outdoors, especially hunting is a part of it because hunting is unique. You know, people that, that, uh, you know, I guess this might be maybe more unique to me than you guys, because I come from that first gen hunter background. So, you know, most people that I know don't hunt, um, the, you know, when there would be a, a point where we'd be talking about the outdoors, their context of relating to, to my experiences. Oh yeah. I love the outdoors too. I love hiking and I love camping. Mm -hmm. And yes, those things are fantastic and awesome. And I love doing them, but they are different from hunting. They are seriously, seriously different from, from hunting to me when I'm hiking uh, when I'm just like going on a hike at like a state park or something, I feel mm-hmm. like I just totally lack objective. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm having fun. <laughs> right. I'm having a great, a great time. You know, it's beautiful out here, but I am not interacting with this. Mm-hmm. I'm just observing. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm just, it's like, a, it's like your window shopping. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah. uh, now I'm just here to look at things you know Mm -hmm. and whereas and fishing it gets a little better especially if you're doing like uh you know like maybe some uh uh, trout fishing where you gotta get like down into the creeks and and you know walk in the water or stand in the water or whatever like you're you're more immersed in it but you can still throw the trout back after you catch it in fact Mm -hmm. most people do uh but when you're hunting i mean it is the real deal it's it's for keeps once the once the shot is fired you make connection Mm -hmm. uh you you own it (laughs) you know and and uh you there's nothing you can't just hunt willy-nilly so for lack of a better term you can't just like walk in there nonchalant and and uh you know not uh not be very purposeful and intentional in what you're doing. Otherwise you'll have no chance of finding success. So, you know, the more that we can bring people over to that side of enjoying the outdoors or, and and maybe not even getting to a point where they enjoy it because not every person who tries hunting is going to stick around, but experiencing it in that way. uh, I think it's, it's just better for our society in general. People uh, understand the food chain a little bit better people uh care more about conservation and and people uh you know are going to vote in favor of hunting when the time comes yeah. so i think uh you know that's been our mission since day one as brandon just said and it's going to continue being that mission uh yeah. to to encourage people to get involved in hunting and and uh, uh just hopefully hopefully look at it in a favorable light is all, you know, very few mm-hmm. people are going to end up as obsessed with it as the three of us are, but that's why we're <laughs> on a podcast talking about it. And yes. most, most people aren't, you know, it's just, it's, it, and that's totally 100% fine, you know, but yeah. I mean, like a gun season's kind of balanced that in a sense, right. Where like, if you're going out with archery equipment, you're taking it a step further, yep. you know, like sometimes yeah. gun seasons get a bad reputation, but I'm like, it gets more people involved. It's absolutely. I don't know. It's, it's a lighter form of hunting in a sense. Right. 
Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I the way the way it's done throughout different states is debated quite a bit of the safety of it and whatnot. But yeah, I think like a gun season is a good example of that. Getting more people in it. Yeah. 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 Great point. And you know what? It makes it possible for people who have really uh, uh, tight schedules. You know, think of uh, I know some some guys who are single dads. Um, you know, they mm-hmm. yeah, they got the kids you know, every other weekend or something like that, it might be a little rough trying to get out bow hunting. You know, you might just not be able to have that, that time, but everyone can make time for a day or two on a weekend during gun season. And, and so I agree. I think it's, I think it's a a wonderful way to allow more people to participate that otherwise might not be. So great point, Caleb. Well, speaking of Caleb, you have had a lights out season, my friend. Um, <laughs> I don't know about got, that. I got, I got, I got, some, I got to fall back on. Two, he's already found a shed, all right? He already, he's already what? found it. He's already found a shed this oh. year. Uh, I mean, and ancient. I I picked up where I left off. I guess ancient sheds are my thing. Is what I'm finding. That's right. He's more of a he's it. more of a paleo shed hunter. Maybe one of these days he'll finally yeah. pick up a uh, Iowa elk antler or a stag moose yeah. antler or something like that. But uh, he. Um, I mean, if, yeah, I guess if we go what I found the last year, you know, between all the old sheds and a and a, a you know broken arrowhead. I mean, I've got. Some, that's right. You did find close, that. Yeah. I guess. Yep. Know? Yeah. Brandon, do you? Do you use, because I, I was thinking you were talking about field dressing mm. the deer, yeah. which I'm also going to rabbit trail off that. Let me get back to that thought in a second. Yeah. But I noticed on the Hunt Fish Life page, because when you were mentioning the deer, I was like, I wonder if one of them that I've seen, and I, I'm pretty sure it's that buck that on the G2 or 3, there's like an acorn on yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that same guy. He, the same guy that shot that deer picked up Professor X's shed. Yes. And he was wearing the same sweatshirt. I just noticed. So, like, uh-huh. tell him like to not wash it or something. Like, he can't. He, he can't throw that thing out. Yeah, I he's just gotta hang that on to that sucker. Going through the page, I was like, oh my goodness, he can't. That's the same sweatshirt. So, you know, I don't know if we just unlocked a secret for him. But. You know what? You you may have. I'm gonna have to bring that up. It's so funny that you mentioned that though, because I, I'm like one of those anal guys that is like. You know what? I'm washing my clothes every time. I wash it every night. I don't, you know, I don't take any time off. My brother, Miles, he'll he'll be like, yeah, I think I washed this hoodie like oh, three months ago. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. what? Really? And, you know, it's so funny. Like, I was talking to my dad the other day. He's like, yeah, I, we, you know, I shot my, you know, 150-inch deer back in 92. You know, he was, yeah. he was in, you know, work oil work pants and a oh. flannel shirt. You know, it's like. It's just yeah. so funny, you know, how things happen sometimes, you know. It's a, and, and, I mean, I think, uh, of course, a big proponent of paying attention to your scent and all that type of good stuff. But it's so funny sure. where, how different perspectives on that. And yeah. then, you know, had some guys that are like, yeah, I, you know, I hadn't, hadn't washed it in a week and the deer were straight down wind of me and uh, they right. came away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe it has something to do with being within a 20 acres of a, of a church. Well, I don't know where your church is. But yeah, I, I just noticed the sweatshirt and I was like, if I, I'm like, holy moly, hold on a second here. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't um, notice that, also, Caleb. You wouldn't notice <laughs> well, hey, that. Details. Um, That's right. Uh, the, so when we, when we field dressed Kent's deer, yes. Um, he used, he used a certain tool to in Brand, the pelvic region brandon's the, Brand, brandon's the og he's the one who taught me okay, about so the butt out tool. tool i i've not been successful with them i actually cut the i cut i through the bone i saw through yeah 
I don't know if you've ever done Dude, that. Dude, that yeah, anyway. that's miserable. You yeah, gotta I use the butt out tool. I witnessed. I, I witnessed some greatness. Kent. Kent was just. I mean, he was. His form was perfect. All right, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be honest here. Uh, you guys know well how how uh, my random brain works, but uh, whenever I use that butt out tool, I, cr- I, cringe. I knew, I knew where you were going. Here. I cringe <laughs> because I just imagine <laughs> if the role was reversed, how grisly uh, of a thing. Yeah. I mean, just wow. Uh, just yeah. the, you, know, you know the deer the deer would be very gentle with you, you know, they would be- <laughs> <laughs> i just i mean what a uh, medieval torture device that thing could be yikes. wow oh, just yeah. uh, that light but wow yeah you're right yeah, I mean, the origin, just when, when the origin of that i just i hope i, I hope it stays unknown i, just, <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah. <laughs> I mean wow William Wallace, you know, the guy who endured some oh, no. incredible torture. He should just be really <laughs> thankful that uh, the butt yeah. out tool was not invented until oh, after the age of plastic, you know, that, right. that, uh, but yeah, an effective tool nonetheless. Um, yeah. but, yeah. but man, does that thing make me shudder while I'm using it? It's yeah. a, yeah. it's a pretty barbaric thing, but it, boy, does it make the worst part of mm-hmm. field dressing a deer yeah. so much easier. Um, you know, yeah. you get that, you break those pelvic bones and they cut you like on the inside of your hand or something like that when you're trying to pull stuff out of there because they get those bone shards, just get so jagged and everything. Don't have to worry mm-hmm. about any of it. Just, uh, yeah. but by some weird miracle, when uh, we uh, field dress my deer, somehow I did not remove the bladder. And, mm-hmm. And even weirder yet, it stayed totally intact. Wow. And uh, I just kind of noticed it hanging there after uh, we got the buck up hanging. And then it's kind of like, now what? You know, you don't really mm-hmm. want to try and remove it now because then urine's going to drip all down the inside yeah. of, your, mm-hmm. of the carcass. So I just kind of yep. like let it sit there and and uh, had to work around it. But uh I think I did lose just a little bit of meat because of it, uh, because it did end up getting ruptured when I was cutting in from behind, uh, uh, mm-hmm. trying to get one of the the back hams off, the roast off or something like that. I think I nicked it with my knife. And uh, so it kind of, you know, made some of the meat not so great right around mm-hmm. where that was trickling down. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, you know, where it trickled down was down into some of the neck meat. So mm-hmm. at least that's not really something you, and I didn't know how long it had been sitting like that. You know, if it was right away, you could just rinse it off, but I, it seemed like it'd probably been dripping for a while. So, but yeah, that was an effective tool. Brandon's the one that taught me about that. Actually, Caleb, he's the one who uh, go. got me, got me to purchase one. So, yeah, yeah well, great tool. Yeah, I watched. I mean, I I witnessed his. Uh, must have been your first use of it and removing it from the package. You you know read read the directions. Actually, you know worked. what? I think <laughs> yeah, yeah. You always got to refresh on those. But yeah. I think I used it unless unless Jake let me borrow one. I definitely used it last year. So I okay. I'm, I'm guessing I'm guessing Jake must have one too. Cause that I'm pretty sure that one was brand new in the package. 
Um, I thought so. That, yeah, I think that you, I was using. I think we, we opened it that day, but yeah, yeah. So I know I used one the year before. So I think that one must have been Jake's. And uh, yeah, slick as snot. I mean, just just uh, took the longest part of it and made it the one of the quickest parts. Yeah. So and it's a lot more sanitary too, right, Brandon? Just uh, it takes away. It just makes it a lot more sanitary too. I think. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it, it does. It does. So, I mean, so it's, not, seen, it's not just easier. It's it's truly better, like in every way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, for you know, all, like so I mean, this just kind of goes back to hunters. You know, we we don't just care about the kill. I mean, we we want to preserve that meat. We want to make it clean. Right. We you know, we want to do all that the right way because I mean, it's it. it I mean, I and you know, give you a perfect for instance. So this this deer that I just shot a, a few days ago. So. Uh, you know, great entry, you know, area, but, you know, with the angle the deer was, you know, standing, I did end up hitting some of the guts. I mean, the deer dropped away, mm. went down. Um, and fortunately, I mean, we, Ethan and I, we picked out a spot, you know, on the, on the ground. I didn't have a double stand in that area. And I really felt good about just going back in there and being on the ground in the spot back there. And we, we took some time to pick it out and, we sat down and 15 minutes later, a deer walked by, you know, so mm. wow. it, just, it was so great. fun. It worked out great. And it was awesome that it was early. It wasn't at night. And I said, you know what? Hey, just knowing the shot that I made, I said, let's get this deer out of here. Let's go clean it right away. So that way we can, you know, make Smart. sure this thing is well taken care of. And, and it was great. You know, if you can do it quick like that, even on a, on a shot where you hit some guts or whatever, if you can get that thing cleaned out real well, it yep. makes all the difference. So, I mean, just that care, for the meat and those little tools. I mean, honestly, I, I will tell you, growing up, I was I was that guy when I when I finally started cleaning deer, which my dad did so many of them for me growing up. But when I was in my twenties and cleaning tons of deer, I mean, I always did it without gloves. Now I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm in my mid thirties and I'm gonna wear gloves because I don't yeah. feel like having I don't feel like having deer fat under my fingernails. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, 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 yeah. you know what? You know, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do it a little cleaner. I'm gonna, you know, I always always have a tendency of nicking myself somehow, you know, on yeah. a, whether it's on yep. a, a jacket phone, like you said, or something, you know, it just, I always do that. And, uh, you know, so I'm just trying to be a little more cautious with that side of things and trying to teach Ethan with that a little bit too. I say, Hey, let's put on our gloves. Let's keep it clean. So it's been, it's been good. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, one thing I've noticed, I don't know if you guys have, if I don't use gloves, which I think, Last year is when I really no the year before twenty twenty is when I first started using gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, when I don't use gloves, it's like the blood, the deer blood, and I don't know if it's because there's so much you know like other like there there's dissolved salts and things like that in the blood that it just dries my hands out like something fierce and my hands will hurt for like a couple days. Yeah. It's like, they feel all cracked and dried out and everything. So yeah, I started using gloves as well. Plus, uh, you know, it's just, I mean, I know we eat it. You could probably even eat that meat raw. Don't do that by the way, but, uh, it's, it's probably clean and everything, but you know, there's also been cases where people have been field dressing animals. The one that I really, that really freaks me out are cottontail rabbits. Mm. Um, they get uh, mm-hmm. spotted liver, uh, tell you, tell oh. tell uremia, I think is how you say it or something like that. Tell, tell, tell uremia or, or I don't know, something like that. Mm. And uh, you can breathe in mm. that uh, pathogen and, and, 
become ill with wow. with teleremia infection as well, as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's probably just a, a good little safety thing there. But, but no, Caleb, we got to get on to your season, buddy. You um, you had to field dress a couple bucks. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm in a new in a new back in the old new state. I don't know that I've been in. I mean, I've, I've lived before, but in a whole new area, you know. Yep. So, um. Yeah, this season, I, I don't know. It's kind of interesting as I look back now of how it just panned out. I mean, um, it started, it starts with shed season, obviously, um, just with gaining a couple, a couple smaller pieces. And, um, and I think I learned, I, I learned a lot throughout just hunting two, especially two properties that are less than, I mean, huntable, less than 10 acres of mm-hmm. land. And, mm-hmm. Um, so I, as I look back, I just think through like, okay, how am I, how, how am I going to hunt a season differently? And just the aggression level, as far as like when to get aggressive and what to look for. And like knowing that, um, I think I'll, I'll go into the, you know, next, this coming fall, um, with just a whole, just a whole new fire in that sense, as far as like, all right, when I start seeing, you know, this type of sign, um, then I need to just be just be different and be moving a little more and and when when the the deer are moving um as far as like being on hot scrapes and yeah um and keying into those sorts of things and now i know kind of where to look better on these smaller pieces and how to access them and you know so there's i i learned a ton i feel like it kind of i had some stands set up i was so fired up for the season i set up a stand in like late july I mean, I was out there, it was like a a little cooler day in like the eighties and it was breezy and I was like, I got to get a stand up. And so, um, but yeah, I didn't have a lot of, I wish I would have shot a doe early. I didn't. And I ate a doe tag. Mm. Um, but, um, but that was also something I learned is just like hunting smaller properties. They're not going to, you're not going to go out late season and just have like a doe, you know, they're, they're just not there. Um, so that was, that was obviously a, a mistake I made. Um, I was, I was more worried about, you know, making sure I, I harvested with the one buck tag in Iowa. Um, just got to be careful with, you know, that. And I was a little, little too cautious on that. I probably should have just taken a deal earlier. Well, and, um, actually the morning you shot your buck. Yeah, go ahead. Well, and, and, you know, I think part of that Caleb is we're worried about messing things up for the right. hunt later on, but one thing, especially if you're hunting here in the Midwest or even like where Brandon's at, where there's a lot of ag ground around, if as long as the majority of the crops are still up where you hunt, your farm is about to undergo a complete mm. uh, reset, you know, right. once once that harvest takes place. And so I think people can get away with more in October that won't affect them as much as they think it will come right. November. You know, once those crops come down, those deer are totally reshuffled and it's almost like you get a second yep. swing at it. So yeah, I agree. Take yeah. those shots early in the yeah. season. Well, and I even noticed like one of the, the places um, that I ended up actually harvesting my first buck of the year on was there's like a, there was a dead deer over there a few weeks ago. I was driving past it or whatever. And, I was like, man, these deer are probably used to just seeing dead deer being, you know, next to a road. <laughs> or like, yeah. you know, I mean, it's like, oh, well, there's another gut pile. You know well, what I mean? Like, oh, that one, you know, and, that, and, and uh, with as skinny as this one piece is, it's like they could probably get hit by a vehicle 
move through yeah. that property and end up past it and be and, and yeah. expire. Um, so yeah, it's well, one of those it's, things it's funny where... that you it's funny that you mentioned that. There's been this debt this deer that died, I don't know, maybe a month ago on a side of the road that I drive by every day. And because it's so late in the season, it's taken forever for this thing to uh mm-hmm. get you know consumed and and you know decay or decompose. You know, it's not really decomposing at all. The only way there's less of it is if you know, raccoons and possums and coyotes feed on it, but because it's like right on the road, there's not a lot of that going on. And, uh, tonight there were about, I don't know, probably close to 10 deer hanging out right over by where that dead doe was. <laughs> it's like, it's like, there you go. Exactly. They really don't what, care. Yeah. It's exactly <laughs> what you were just talking about. It's like, yeah. Oh man, there's uh Sheila, you know, she used to run around yeah. with us, but, uh, now she doesn't anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think I spent the first part of my season kind of like you were mentioning there, Kent, is just kind of overthinking it and um, not trying to mess things up. I remember the day you shot your buck, like we were on the phone and you were like, you know, shaky breathing and like, oh, man. And I, I, I was like, oh, here comes a doe. And uh, you're like, just, (laughs) you should just take it. And I'm like, 50 50 on a still if I should have, but it was one of those things where earlier in the year I had a couple more opportunities. it's some antlerless deer. Um, but yeah, my, my season was, uh, it was slow at the start. I mean, just learning these properties and, um, well, we had a ton of, kinda like, we had a ton of hype. We had a ton of hype going into it. You yeah. Know? Cause yeah, we shed I mean, hunting I, I these mean, spots. Up, so yeah. You pick up all these sheds and, and honestly, where we, the honey hole, I never even, I bow hunted it once and I'm like, Oh my goodness, I need to get over there. Um, and I, and actually that's that property. I scouted it in the middle of a rainstorm. Um, so, wow. and, and, uh, I actually ran to the farmer and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm about to head out and do some scouting. He's like, that's kind of smart. And so I, I put on my rain suit, um, and I went out there in a rainstorm bumped two two does. Um, but, um, I just noticed how they use that a little more in, in like pre rut, um, kind of late October, there was just scrapes everywhere on this one side. Mm. And, and so just learning like the, the hard part may be where do I, where, what tree do you pick? Cause there's just, right. there's probably eight to 10 scrapes, um, within a pretty small area. Yeah. And so, um, so that'll be something, but you know, at least getting in there and starting to figure out, um, what time of day, maybe throw a camera over there or something. But, um, so I learned that, uh, even kind of in the midst of it, but, we, the first, I mean, stereotypical stuff here. Um, the, I didn't even see a buck, I think, until I want to say it was like November. I think November 1st, we had a kind of a chillier morning. And I saw my first couple bucks um, that morning. And uh, and and my, my schedule was a little spotty about when I could get out. But uh, I finally got out on the evening of, I don't even know what it was, November fourth or something and i i had a deer um come w- within a few yards and i was on the ground and i was really it was really exciting um just not quite big enough i guess um i'm assuming he's like a two or three year old and like he's just got points everywhere and i'm like he could be one of those deer that's just cool like to find a shed and like mm-hmm. i don't know um it was, it was more the like the, the size of the rack wasn't getting me as my heart pumping as much as like having a deer within about 10 yards, you know? So, um, it was just enjoyable. Um, and then, um, 
so I, I was kind of that was on a, a piece I learned. I, I was just learning. Okay, I got to push in further, and where how are they moving through it? Um, and then on the evening of November fifth, I I I went to a, I hunted on the ground at where I where I'd seen those bucks whatever five days earlier, mm-hmm. um, and I moved up closer to like where they had been, and uh, I actually rattled in a buck. He came in directly downwind across the fence, um, which was unfortunate. Um, but it was kind of fun. I mean, yeah. I, I was using a, a hunting public tactic where they're like on the ground and I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily rolling around on the ground, but mm-hmm. it was like, you know, trying to make a little more realistic noise of like those deer fighting, um, you know, um, did, did but a that was a somersaults in there. Oh yeah. You know, diving in. Yeah. <laughs> it was, a. um, yeah, I, I didn't go full. Aaron Warbritton, I think he did that, or so one of them did. On yeah, one of the I'm sure. It's pretty I, funny. I, I doubt it was him. I bet it was Zach uh, yeah. Farrenbaugh. Yeah, that, so, yeah, that you know. Crazy. I mean, I do think there's something to that about making an extra noise. Oh, so, I do too. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, and and it, well, think about it. It's like somebody's. Downwind. It's like if you were to, you know, go back to grade school and there's a fight on the playground or the bus stop <laughs> or something. <laughs> If right. if all you heard was somebody yelling fight, but you didn't hear any, you know, like scuffling right. around or punches being thrown or names being yeah. called or anything like that, it'd be like, yep. uh, why are you yelling fight? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's, right. So right. We, yeah. I think we can do the same thing with rattling for sure. Yeah. I think I've seen guys like that hunt out of deer stands primarily. And I've, I've thought about doing this. He's taken um, like three sheds. And like tied them, you know, tied tied to each individual like a rope to it, and then connected them at a certain point on the main string, and then lowers it from a stand and like bounces it on the ground. Huh. Um, so oh. it's like hitting the leaves and That's hitting other trees, and then the tines are clanking That's, together. So That's cool. That's so pretty smart. I, I I've thought about trying that at some point for when I'm stand hunting a little more, um, but. But yeah, so like I had, and it was, it was a, I mean, that, that buck came in. I, that was my first time I saw a deer chasing was that night. I saw a little buck pushing a doe. Um, I spooked a lot of deer walking out that night. Um, oh, nice. Like right after, right after dark. And one of them, I had, I had moved my camera like a week and a half earlier. And like, right as I was like walking out, like the, I have this buck that I had a camera on or a, a picture of early in the year, um, a pretty nice 10 pointer. He was standing like right there. And I was like, <laughs> this is only a nine and a half acre piece. So I'm like, I'm within a couple hundred yards of this thing. And I was like, oh, dang. Um, yeah. So the next day um, I hunted on the ground kind of further closer where I, where I um, had bumped those deer um, and I had a, a buck kind of skirt just out of range once i got to the my destination uh tree if you will and then um, a little spike walked by and then i went and i bought a i'd never had mo i'd done a mobile setup really so i bought some mobile sticks from a guy like midday that day that's right and then i went out that that evening yeah i went out that evening early um in the and a stand that kent and i've affectionately called the butt pillow stand because it's like (laughs) dude that thing is a butt pillow yeah (laughs) I mean, it's like aluminum, like the most comfy seat you can put on a deer stand of like, oh, with, I mean, we've talked about this, like it's like the a rolled up they're trying to egg crate mattress off of a bed or yeah, something. Oh man. Well, <laughs> combining comfort and hunting just doesn't always add up. Um, right. I mean, it did, it did for me, I guess, but yeah. uh, 
Can you imagine yeah, what that so butt I, I pillow is like right now, Caleb? Yeah. That thing's probably what was cru- that? Can you imagine what that butt pillow is like right now? Probably totally like encapsulated in ice. I no, I took it down. Oh, you did. Yeah. yeah good oh, call. oh, I gotta keep that thing fresh, you know. <laughs> um, gotta keep it ready for next year. You need to like, <laughs> you need to like soak that thing in uh, deer blood so that it doesn't. Oh man, <laughs> doesn't something. smell like anything other than. I think probably just sops up every smell in your garage. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's like anything. It's, it's like, I sponge. mean, how much scent can you really remove from that's something true, that sits yeah. in the garage? Yeah, you know, from all year, and so, but. I mean, I got in early because I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing really. So I got in kind of early uh, to the stand I was in, the tree. I, I picked out a tree earlier, got the sticks up, trying to be safe. You know, I went up and down probably two or three times, just making sure I wasn't going to, you know, fall out of the tree. Um, but yeah, I, I settled in the stand and I had grown a rut stash. I was feeling really good. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, shout out to Sam Soulhold on that. I actually sent him a, a picture of it and he, he responded. He was like, that's pretty great. So um, yeah, so, uh, but that night, I mean, I, um, I was kind of sitting in the stand. I don't know if you, anybody else does this, but you sit there and you start to kind of add up the number of hunts you got. Um, yeah. And, and gun season was kind of looming. Um, Thanksgiving break was coming up for me and I work at a, at a college. So um, you know, we're traveling. And so I was like, okay, like that's, if I back that up, uh, you know, that's out. Okay. Then what do I have the week prior to that? Well, ooh, I'm going to be out of town for a number of days. So I'm sitting there in my the stand going, holy smokes. Like this is like one of maybe two hunts that I have left to hunt really this, this like peak rut. Yeah. Um, if you're like it close, as close to it as I'm going to get. Um, so then I'm like feeling pressure. I'm like, yeah. Oh man, I've got to, like, I've, I've really got to deliver or something. I mean, I like, do something here. Um, but yeah, that night I, the first year I saw, I was, I was, um, I was just starting to kind of get dusk and I, I looked down, um, just below my stand about 40 yards through some trees and I could see a deer. Um, and he put, picked his head up and he, you know, I, Kent and I were having a conversation about a week prior to this about just the type of deer we'd shoot or pass. And, mm-hmm. uh, in my mind, I was like, if he's outside his ears, you know, like I just got to have outside and he was outside his ears and my, just heart started racing. Yeah. Um, yep. He crossed, he crossed right in front of me at about 18 yards or so. Um, and, and yeah, just, I was able to connect with him, watched him fall about 80 nice. yards away. He just yeah. kind of J hooked around my stand and, yeah, it was. I mean, it was. It was sweet. Kent came out. Let me recover this deer. Um, oh, yeah, that ended was up being awesome. a twelve pointer. Nothing broken. Had a nice channel on him yep. uh, on his yeah. left side. Yeah, just real unique um, antlers on that buck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some guys maybe would be like, "Oh, is he? He might have had some. He if he would have grown more, who knows? You know, he could have probably would have been hit by a car. But you know, it's one of those things where. Yeah. Um, but I was, yeah, I mean, looking back, especially, I'm just thrilled with that, with that animal and, um, first deer that I actually deboned myself can can inspired me to do so. So, It's just so worth it. It is so worth it. Yeah. So Caleb did like an immaculate job too. Nice. Like he had, he had, you got that thing down to the bone. That was like surgery. Yeah. I, so I, I actually took it to a meat processor. And, uh, cause what I, my, I like to get some of those like sausages or snack mm-hmm. sticks or whatever. Yep. And, and I, yeah, I think I got about 64 pounds of meat off of that deer. That's um, awesome. Deboned, which was, which is great. So, yeah. um, so yeah, super, super exciting. 
Um, so yeah, that was like, you know, November 6th. And then I had, I had a little, the next weekend I had a little time. I was actually planning to go back home to Illinois and do some hunting and with my dad. So was able to get home for about three hunts. I think I had maybe only two. I, I don't remember how, how it all worked yeah, out, but I basically had I had two or I, three max. Yeah, I drove in on an evening and was able to kind of scout and hunt at this one location. Um, and on an evening hunt, saw a pretty nice deer, um, that was a little out of range. Um, I mean, I'm on an out of state tag and I've got a very limited number of days. So I was like, man, I've got to just shoot something pretty nice. Mm. Um, and so then, um, I think it was actually the next hunt. I had to come back this way and then I had, and then I, I got to go back and drove in like, you know, in the, like after, after dark drove in and then the next morning I'm sitting in this stand that's down by this Creek that we hunt by. And my dad was, was having crazy action. I don't know if you ever hunt with anybody, but when you're like sitting there and texting and they're like, I've seen this, Oh, I saw this. Like he watched <laughs> two deer, like fight and oh, you know, that's cool. chasing and I'm seeing nothing. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> not, like so quiet. Just like, I'm hearing the stream trickle behind me, you know, I'm like, oh man, like I picked the wrong tree, you know, <laughs> like yeah. my dad lives 20, whatever, 30 minutes away. He can come here anytime. And he's got all these deer just rolling all around him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it only takes one. And, yeah. uh, and so I'm sitting there and. I don't even honestly, I mean, I don't know what I was looking at. I looked was must have been looking to the to the west because the deer came from the east and he was within about sixty yards of me when I first saw him. And it's pretty open timber. And I'm like, oh goodness, you know, there's a buck was coming in. Um and it was kinda he was coming in pretty quick, so I just kinda had to make a quick assessment of like, okay, is he outside the ears? Like what's he look like? And I, he just had really tall tines, his G twos and G threes, and he was outside of his well outside his ears. And I was like, he was just a big eight pointer. Mm-hmm. And um he came into about five yards wow. um and was able just to put a nice shot on him and he just he went he went a little further than I would have expected, but um yeah, he t- he tipped over. Um, just to cross, he actually crossed the Creek and then tipped over and ended up being just, I don't know if I'll ever shoot an eight pointer quite as yeah, big as him. I didn't a, realize the mass that this deer had. Specimen. Yeah. Um, is I mean, he bigger, I, I, is he bigger than your buck la- from last year, Caleb? I honestly, I, I haven't even scored my other buck. That's um, right. I mean, you gotta, come, is, you gotta bring him over. We, I got I that know. new tool that Rusty Boris yeah. talked about, so, Brandon, yeah, the Raculator. So, yeah. Yeah. Got one for Christmas. Deer, the thing is, you know, you start adding up adding up points. And my other deer is a twelve pointer, and this is an eight. But I rough scored him, and I don't know what I'm doing very well. But I rough he's I rough scored him at over one forty five. I'm nice. pre- pretty confident. Yeah, just and, a fantastic eight pointer. You so, think is? Do you think if he shed his antlers, they would be as big as that giant four point shed that I have? He's, I mean, the one you have doesn't, isn't that has a lot of mass, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. But this, buck, if I can remember this right, buck his G3 that you shot is a little shorter. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So this one, he, yeah. I mean, he, he might. Let me, let me look at something here. I've actually got, because that is a toad if, if, uh, he's as big yeah, as that. Yeah. I mean, shed. his main beams were like right around 20 inches each side. 
Yeah, that's that's so, a good buck. They for sure. in. Yeah, so I mean it was just it was kind of like and that was with that was a week after I had harvested the other deer. And so um yeah, it was like oh my season was like slow slow slow. Oh, this is interesting. Fire you know, figure out this. <laughs> yeah, and then it was just like this is the most unbelievable week you could ever have. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you had a very uh, real you had a very real chance at killing four bucks this year. I mean, yeah, just yeah, I did. The the way everything was lining up and then basically <clears throat> I think if you would have had more time, you would have definitely gotten that done. But well, you, you just and, didn't have as much yeah. time. Plus you're I, I actually yeah, you're right. I mean I had that Illinois gun season where I, I just I had set up a little bit I had I set up on a uh, in a different spot. It's on some family property. Um and there's a tree that I'd, I'd sat at probably four or five different years. And I never really had, I think my sister shot a deer there one year. I messed great, like late junior high, mm. you know, not knowing what I'm doing. And then this year, had I sat at that tree, I would have, I would have probably harvested a, a, a nice eight pointer out of mm. that, that tree. It's like that, of course, that one year you just don't. And you're yeah. like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to, um, yeah, and then in, and then in Iowa, back in Iowa, when, with that with that uh, gun tag, I I had one opportunity at a buck, and I just was a little bit hesitant. If you, and and so yeah, I mean it could have happened. I mean four four bucks would have been crazy, but yeah. my wife also was like she kind of she kind of let me know, you know, you're gonna <laughs> you gotta you're kind of setting a standard for yourself now with these deer. You can't be shooting anything smaller. Mm. We might have been flirting the line where I mean, you know, if I would have brought one of them home, it might've had to be hidden or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, Maybe like when you've had buck or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> right. Right. When you've had the success that you had this year and especially when you factor in the buck you shot last year, I mean, it's, right. it's like, it's hard to, like, I don't want to make anyone sound any less passionate or anything, but it's kind of hard to stay hungry. You know what I mean? To like, mm. to be out there day after day after day. I mean, some guys do that and maybe you would do that killed if you had the time, but, but, right. uh, it's easy to kind of just like almost go into that. You know what? I'm just happy to be out here enjoying nature, you know, after yeah. you, yeah. like that happens to me. If I shoot a buck in October, it's like, man, you know, I'm kind of just chilling through November. And I mean, I get out and I hunt as much as I can still, but yep. my, my, uh, I guess my aggressiveness for trying to schedule those hunts for as much as I can, whatever that means, uh, that dials way down, you know, so I put in a lot more sure. family time or putting, you know, it's just, it's hard to like, just keep going so hard like you do leading up to that first that first buck you get for the year so mm -hmm. you know i think yeah. uh settling on two bucks is is great there's plenty of good <laughs> yeah. plenty of good targets left on your farms for next year and and you know plenty of opportunities to grow going forward yeah oh yeah i mean i think i look i've i mean it's kind of fun because i this year i along with all these things, the other things I've learned and will we'll internalize and use in the future. But, um, like the idea that like, even if you have, like I'm working with, you know, 10 acres at one spot and the other spots, maybe seven huntable acres and 
Um, so as far as like, con- like controlling what deer are there and when and stuff, there's just none, none of that. Um, yeah. and, and you made a good point. You've we talked about just like deer can get hit by a car. I mean, anything can happen, you know, to these deer. Um, so just seeing something when it gets you excited or you're happy with it, like harvest that animal and be, be just do it. I mean, like there, yeah. there's no reason not to. Right. Um, and I had the experience with the first buck I killed. I thought he was bigger cause I was so amped. And so I was like, well, I, I, I just had no idea how, how big the deer really was. And I was like, I think he's huge. I don't know. And he was ended up being pretty nice, but it, I was yeah. like, you know, that, that, and then the second buck, it happened so fast. I thought he was smaller. And then I walked up on him and was like, holy smokes. I mean, so there's always that factor of like, when you are harvesting an animal or like a, a buck, it's like, it's just excitement in the moment. And you know, that, that just, if it gets you excited, that's probably the, the right deer, you know, I mean, Absolutely. And, and, and who cares? Like after that, it's like, yeah. remember, go back to when you first laid eyes on that animal, like how high was your heart rate, you know? And like, it just stay in that moment because yep. I mean, who cares after that? Right. Yep. Very, very good point. And, you know, we've talked about that reality and how, trail cameras can affect that a little bit and and i am you know gonna be expanding my use of trail cameras going into this year but that's one thing that caleb just talked about there i never want to lose sight of when i Mm -hmm. see a buck that's just like yep that's the one you know like that's what i'm that's what i'm looking for (laughs) you know i don't ever want to lose that aspect of hunting you know i think uh you know, there's some guys that obsess over a buck and I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. But I think if you choose to do that, you run the risk of like hunting becoming less fun, you know, like more work mm-hmm. than fun. And, and that's not good. So, yeah. you know, I think it I think, depends on too, what you're, what you're working with, right? Like yep. it's, it'd be a whole good new point. scenario where like, if I had, a hundred and something acres or a thousand acres. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, even like, like Brandon, you probably experienced that a little bit. I've never had that opportunity mm-hmm. um, to just be like, we can really determine a lot here. I still try to harvest. Like, I think Kent, you share this, like you, you're trying to harvest a mature or more mature animal um, for, for like just the, the respect of the animal and that. Um, or, and at least what we've harvested before, I think that has to play into it too. time and how much, you know, some of those things, there's a lot of factors. Yeah. So I, I um, still haven't, I mean, what's your scenario, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. I still haven't sealed the deal yet with my bow. I've wounded a few, uh, deer, unfortunately, I guess technically I, I, uh, got my first kill this year. Uh, we ended up finding a doe mm. that I liver shot and we just could not find. We looked for hours and hours over two days. Oh, that's going to, Oh yeah. But we a learned doe. a lot though. And, yeah, we did. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, it was all the corn was still up and we lost blood in the middle of a cornfield and, and uh in a waterway actually <laughs> ran into ran into a mystery animal we don't know if it was either a bobcat or a mountain lion which wow. we're not prepared for either but <laughs> i think yeah, I don't it was know. I mean, yeah I who, who knows what it was but it yeah it was just you know but anyways point being i'm gonna be willing to shoot at a you know a three and a half year old buck for sure with my bow 
if I have a good shot. Whereas with my muzzleloader, four and a half or older is probably, unless I have some crazy time crunch, you know, where it's Mm -hmm. like I have, you know, less than a week to hunt period with with my muzzleloader, you know, first halfway, you know, mature buck, I would probably take in that circumstance as well because food is more important than antlers to me. And and that's for both this year and the following year because I know when you take a younger buck, that is an opportunity you're denying yourself for down the road. But, you know, that's food for my family and we depend on that every year. So it's, uh, you know, there's, like Caleb said, you said it so well, there's, you know, we hunt for our own reasons and don't lose sight of that. Don't let, don't let Instagram posts change that for you or things like you see on go wild or Facebook or whatever, or maybe you hear of someone getting shamed or something, uh, block yeah. all that noise out and, uh, mm-hmm. shoot what you need and what you want. Right. Very situational anymore. <laughs> Kent, do you remember when you harvested your buck? I will never forget how you, ju- you were kind of in that zone. You had no idea. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just nice. knew he was, a, I just knew he was decent and like, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't want to like just, he was mature. That's like, I remember you just saying that. Like, I don't know. He's just, he was a mature buck <laughs> and he ended up being just huge. Like he was, his body and his, I was like, geez, like, how did you not even know? Like, <laughs> yeah, I just saw, I just like, like you said, I just saw what I was looking for. You know, it was like, yep, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a, that. Buck that's over four and a half years old, I'm taking him, and uh, yeah, that was that was uh, just a, a dream situation, and I really can't wait to get him back from the taxidermist. I know Caleb can't oh, wait to man. get his, and and uh, I'm oh, sure uh, your buddy Joel is is uh, stoked about getting his back when the time comes. But but uh, man, so many good stories all shared through hunting. Uh, we're happy that you're here to listen to them. Uh, please reach out. Please leave a review on uh, Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts if you haven't yet. Uh, that is a big help to getting more people listening to the show. Um, reach out on Instagram, Facebook, go wild. You can even go to firstshothunter.com and you can uh, hit the contact button there and reach me. Also look in the show notes because the Facebook handles or Instagram handles or whatever, or websites for everyone else that's on hunt therapy uh, is listed there, except for Jake. Jake doesn't really have any social media to to send you to but that's okay jake's kind of our uh our, 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 he's yeah. our he's our dark horse you just got to pick up the you know the united bow hunters of illinois magazine if you want to if you want to get in contact with jake right now but uh no we we really appreciate all of you uh you are the ones that make this make sense so uh please reach it out to us share it with a friend that you think would enjoy hearing some good hunting content we try to keep it interesting and and diverse uh to hopefully make your work day a little bit better your drive to and from work or whatever it is you're doing when you're listening to this podcast we're so thankful for you and uh remember more importantly than all of this if we want this great pastime this great lifestyle to continue First of all, take care, then take someone hunting.